1: dot com in Kansas 1877 70 Stop in Louisiana visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland visit one 800 gamblernet in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero 522 4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here visit gambling helpline MA.org or call eight hundred three two seven 327 5050 support in Massachusetts or call 877 8 Hope ny or text hope ny in new york
2: hey folks and welcome to another edition of dog walk talk as always i'm your host jake Roos, and with me as always from dogs hq beat writer palmer Tom's pt what's good brother
3: Doing well, doing well. It's been a uh, rainy week here in Athens, but the bright sky came out this afternoon, feeling a lot better and ready to hit the road up to Nashville
2: here before too long. Listen to this guy, the bright sky came out. You can tell he's a rider, can't you? Uh, No, Palmer, uh, a little bit of a homecoming for you. Uh, People may not know you are from the Music City, and uh, so a chance for you to get back. Uh, I know that uh, your mom is excited to get you back. She's made that Pretty abundantly clear, I think, over the course of this week. Um, but you know, Georgia has been uh, preparing for this one, um, a matchup which I won't say was highly anticipated. I don't think anybody's been you know dying or falling all over themselves to get to Vandy. But it does represent a turn in the schedule when you get past this one. You're uh, this is kind of your last of the tune-up games, I guess, if you will, uh, if you considered Clemson one, <laughs> not really, but of the, the, the three game stretch, this is the last one. Um, so I, I think an important one for Georgia to finish strong with kind of close out September with the perfect record. You know, I, I think that that's everybody's expectation is that Georgia is going to win this one. Um, we'll talk about some odds and, and um, you know, the spread and all that later on, but I guess just going into this game, you know, Palmer, what are you looking for the Bulldogs to do and accomplish uh, in order, I guess, to to make another step and get ready for that meat of the schedule.
3: yeah, I think I think the biggest thing that we've been talking about, me and you, it's been a conversation of uh, of topic of conversation with the Georgia meat beat is uh, is Georgia's run game. and and you've seen them continue to improve. Uh, you know, each game that the rushing total has gone up. And, and I think play, playing against Vanderbilt, you would like to see that again. Uh, this is a physical football team. Kirby Smart said that anytime you, you go up against Vanderbilt, you're in for a physical game. Uh, I don't know how much of that was a little bit of hyperbole, but, but you know, th- with, with Vanderbilt being <clears throat> coached by a defensive-minded guy in Clark Lee, you, you expect the Commodores to come ready to play on defense. And, and I certainly think that'll be the case um, you know, Saturday in Nashville you know, I I think I would the one thing that I want to see, and and I think Georgia fans in general want to see, is one running back kind of steal the show. So far, every game it's been it's been a group effort. That you know they've gotten uh, over a hundred yards each each game, but I think the highest total by a back is is you know seventy four something like that. Zamir White against Clemson. Um, and and obviously, you know, if you look back at these last two games, you've had some opportunities to – has kind of run away with it. George has been up, you know, multiple scores at the half, been in an opportunity – in a you know, had a chance, in a, been in a position to get some younger guys in the game, get some guys, some reps. And, and that's where you've seen Kendall Milton get a lot of carries. He led the team in carries and yards on Saturday against South Carolina. That's where you've seen Dejan Edwards get some carries. And I, I think, you know – Going forward, once you get into this meat of the schedule that, that Georgia's about to hit once once the calendar turns to October, it's it's they're going to cut that rotation down, and and I think you're you're likely to start seeing that this week against Vanderbilt. You know, getting those guys accustomed to carrying the load several times. You know, throughout the game, and 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 making that an emphasis. So I will look at that offensively, defensively. Uh, you know, the, the big. Highlight has been Georgia has scored in four straight games on defense. That goes back to the Chick Fil A Peach Bowl last year when when Azizo Jalari ended the game quite literally in the last play of the game. There, uh, you know, they 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 got a stack for a safety. You know, carry that momentum into twenty twenty one. You had the pick six, pick sixes against Clemson and UAB, uh, and then another safety this past Saturday against South Carolina. I think you want to see the defense. You know, can they can they extend that streak to five, or uh, or is it going to come to a close? That they did lose their touch, their you know streak with the, of holding the opponents without a, an offensive score uh, that came to a close against South Carolina late in that game, fourth quarter. Um, so you know, I, I think overall you want to see Georgia continue to take steps in the right direction. You want to continue to see them be the team that they've shown that they are. The, the you know the number two team in the country, putting up a fight for that number one spot. And, and you know, I feel like if, if Alabama slips, Georgia, Georgia is going to be ready to take that spot.
2: I think you're getting a little greedy with this uh, <clears throat> touchdown streak by the defense or the scoring streak by the defense. I, I mean, that's just an anomaly. I, in my opinion, I mean, nobody does that. I mean, they, you know, this is the the fact that they've been able to keep it rolling like this is wildly impressive, but you know, to me, that's sort of like that touchdown streak, like eventually that's got to get broken. Right. So I, I don't, we'll see. I I don't know I just, I think that it's, it's wild that that's something that we can even talk about is like, can they maintain this thing? I agree with you on the, uh, the question about the backs. But again, I think that this may have been a situation where, you know, Georgia's been in several games to this point where teams have sold out to stop the run. And they've just been able to take what they've been given. And I think that that's got to be really encouraging if you're a Georgia fan, because the fact of the matter is, they are able to take it through the air. They are able to score in that way. And they are able to affect the game in that way, which is something that maybe wasn't clicking on as many cylinders in the past. Uh, now it feels like, you know, they have really kind of caught a stride with that. So teams are really having to account for both things. And, you know, who knows? Maybe uh, soon they'll have to account for George Pickens, who was out there at practice the other day, and seems like uh, maybe he's taking a little step forward. I don't know that that's the case just yet. I'm not. I'm not saying he's playing against Vanderbilt, so nobody quote me on that.
3: Yeah, and and, and hey, look who's been hot on predictions the last couple of weeks, and and look who brought him up several times on Sunday. Did not know that we were going to see Pickens Monday at practice, but I think Georgia fans are certainly excited to. To at least be hearing his name once again, see that he's back out on the field, uh, non-contact uniform there. We asked Kirby for an update yesterday, and and he you know just said that, that George is coming along well. George is is really his body is really naturally handling this this recovery well. Didn't necessarily say that he's ahead of schedule, but said that you know that there is a, a timeline. Um, you know, uh, steps, a process that Ron Corson has, has, you know, set in up for all these guys that have, have uh, you know, gone through ACL injuries. He, he's, he's dealt with plenty of them in his history at Georgia. And uh, you know, the, I'm not sure that there's anyone better to be rehabbing that injury around than, than Ron Corson. So I, uh, you know, I, I don't, and I wrote this up in my piece today. I don't think we're seeing George Pickens on the field in the next coming, you know, next couple of weeks, but I do think it's encouraging that he's back out there. A, I think it's encouraging that he's with the team and and, and that he didn't, you know, make the decision to go, uh, you know, train for the NFL, prepare for the NFL by himself. But B, I also think it's encouraging that he's back out there at practice. Was running routes; it wasn't just straight line running. And and, and that's when you know, in that progression that Ron Corson has, that's got to be one of those steps. You know, you go from straight line running to being able to cut. He was running routes, and, and, and it wasn't just a go-route. You know, Pickens is great at that go-route, but it wasn't just that. So they were putting his knee to the test a little bit on, on Monday. Um, and, and, and I'm not sure how long he's been out there at practice. Uh, Kirby said that that it's been about <laughs> two you, weeks. I bet you
2: don't know that. I bet it's because
3: yeah. that's the first and only practice you've seen all year. <laughs> right, right, and, and and maybe the only one we do see all year. But, um, you know, the, the Kirby said <clears throat> two weeks ago, Pickens – Corson and, and, and Pickens' mother went to uh, visit with Dr. James Andrews, who performed the surgery back in March. Uh, he, he called him the foremost authority in this situation, and uh, that, that Andrews had cleared him for some non-contact uh, football activities. So all encouraging signs. I, I still kind of target that, that Missouri game. It's the week after Florida, so first week of November. Uh, as, as a potential return date for him. He's had two very, you know, two of his best games of his career have come against Missouri, put up a pair of touchdowns each time against the Tigers. would would be, you know, kind of story-esque if he came back and, and, and put up two touchdowns against them in a return from an ACL injury. Um, I think if Georgia's in a situation where they are in the c- contention for the college football playoff you're, you're definitely looking at hoping to see Pickens out there in December. That would be, you know, n- tomorrow is six months post-injury. Nine months post-injury would be in December. So if, if Georgia's in contention playing for an, an SEC championship game, uh, you know, a college football playoff spot or, or a spot in the national championship, I would, uh, you know, I, I would, would not surprise me to see Pickens back out there then.
2: Look, if you get the chance to bring him back and you do it in front of the home crowd in Sanford Stadium, that's going to be a wild, wild time with the first time if that man gets a chance to see him his face up on the video board again, uh, it's going to be something else Uh, that would be exciting. A lot of talk about George Pickens this week. Obviously, uh, you know, I think that that's drawn a lot of eyes, some speculation about Tyke Smith and Darnell Washington seems kind of the same old same with them. Maybe they're getting closer. I don't think you or I believe that they're going to be playing against Vanderbilt or to even making the trip on as part of a travel roster, but let's talk about the Commodores a little bit. I mean, this isn't a team that, I, I, that scares people. I mean, rightfully so, you know, they're, It's Vanderbilt first off, and then it's a rebuilding Vanderbilt. So they've got both things working against them. It's a home game for them. The last time I went to a a Vanderbilt-Georgia game, it was a home game for the Dogs. I mean, it it was in name alone their stadium. But it's Georgia's going to travel well to this one. Everybody always enjoys hanging out up in Nashville. It's always a great time. Is there anything that you look at on this Vanderbilt team and you think even for a second gives you a little bit of pause and says, well, you know, Georgia's got to figure out a way to deal with that?
3: Not really. I mean, I mean, quite <laughs> frankly, not really. I, I, you know, ne- next question? No. Um, you know, the, I, I think if you look at Vanderbilt and, and, and the guys that they've got, um, some of the bigger names that they have, Ken Seals is a sophomore quarterback for them, has started all three games, uh, you know, so, so far this season. And, uh, you know, was, was one of the more impressive freshmen last season in the SEC in, in terms of quarterbacks. Uh, you know, obviously there aren't that many freshman quarterbacks starting in the SEC, but Seals did that last year for the Commodores and, and uh, you know, is back this year. Um, and, and in speaking with Billy Derrick, I've got a QA and a coming out with him, uh, you know, later this afternoon or, um, you know, I I guess we're recording this on Wednesday. So hopefully I'll have it out Thursday morning along with this podcast. Um, and, 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 you know, seals is he, Billy told me that that seals has been, it's been hot and cold with him. It's been up and down. He did not have a great game in Vanderbilt's first game of the season, a loss to an FCS Eastern Tennessee. Uh, and, 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 you know, in order to lose a game like that as an SEC team, you're probably not going to have a great doubting from your quarterback. But Vanderbilt goes on the road and beats Colorado State. Uh, you know that that's not an easy trip to make and and, and they, you know, had a hard fight against against them. Um, Seals had a good game against them. Uh, and, and, and then, you know, this past weekend against Stanford, it was a little bit of of, you know, an average game um he's thrown three touchdowns three interceptions on the year um you know i think the biggest thing for him is is if you can if 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 you're turning the ball over you're not giving your team a chance especially against georgia uh and and so he's got to control the ball um he he doesn't have to play outstanding it's not like he has to you know put up um heisman like numbers there but uh he, he can't you know be hurting them um in, in terms of running backs, the big story for the Commodores, Ramon Davis, uh junior running back for them, leading rusher on the season. He's out for the year. Uh it, he had surgery this week uh and and w- and will be done. So look at Rocco Griffin, uh, great name, by the way. Um, and 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 you know, he would be the next guy up. Um outside of Davis, they've got rushing touchdown on the season, and, and that's a QB sneak from Ken Steele. So I, I think Rocco Griffin uh, would, would be your next guy there, but they are really thin in that running back room. Uh, receiving, uh, th- they've got three guys that, that really stand out to me. Uh, Chris Pierce, Jr., he's a senior wide receiver, leads the team in uh, receiving yards, has has a touchdown, uh, 14 receptions, 181 yards, and one touchdown, averaging Sixty yards per game. Um, that that's the team high there. Uh, he's he's one of the more bigger outside threats that they've got. Um, Will Shepard is another outside receiver for them. Sophomore, he's got the most leads the team in catches with nineteen hundred sixty nine yards. Has not gotten in the end zone. And, and then Cam Johnson, who's a senior, uh, and and you know someone that I played high school football against, which is. Weird to cover him, uh, but, you know, an incredible athlete. He's – he's.
2: what's that? I said, what a flex. What a flex
3: for them. <laughs> uh, but, but he's 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 going to be on the inside for them in the slot, 15 receptions, 125 yards, two touchdowns. He leads the team there. So, you've got a different team leader in, in receptions, yards, and touchdowns. I, I think, you know, when, when you're looking at those three categories, if you've got three leaders there, those are your three guys to look at. Um and then, like we mentioned earlier, this is a defense, uh, you know, defensive-led team uh, with their head coach Clark Lee, who's who, who was at Notre Dame the last couple of seasons. He's not working with the talent that he had there, but he's got a couple of guys that stand out: Anthony Orgy and and Ethan Barr, uh, two guys with twenty-five plus tackles. I mean, I mean, just looking at tackles per game, you got nine for uh, for Orgy there, and then eight point three three for Barr the next guy is, is 4.67. So those two guys are your leaders, uh, at, at linebacker. Jalen Mahoney is another guy. He's got their lone interception on the season. So in, in terms of, in terms of the defense, um, it, they, they, don't have a marquee player. They don't have a Zach Cunningham who had a big game against Georgia and back in 2016 that they, they don't have a guy like that, but you know, they, they've got some guys, uh, you know, they're well coached. Um, you know, obviously, you know, you're you're dealing with a team that that's that's intelligent. And, and so you try and you try and lean if you're if you're Vanderbilt, you try and lean on that physicality, that intelligence, that that coaching, uh, and, and just that, that heart, that 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 conditioning uh and, and that want to to go get it. Um so that that's 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 kind of what I see in the Commodores. I like I said earlier, is there anything that scares me about them? Not really. If I'm Georgia, not really. Uh, but you know they, they've—they've—it's still an SEC team, and there's certainly some talented players out there uh, taking the field for Vanderbilt.
2: Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting.
0: Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line.
2: I got to know, did you lock Cam Johnson down? Because, you know, I, I know that you were out there at corner at the time. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. You know me. I was out there at corner. No, uh, I was on the offensive line and his Brentwood Academy team beat my uh, team for three straight state championships. So thanks. Thanks there, Jake.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, no no problem. Now, you know, like, like I say, you know, I, kind of do this every week. I take a look at the, uh, I kind of take a look at the, uh, the roster and see if there are guys that I remember covering, you know, that's sort of, like I said, the guys that Georgia recruits are the guys that Alabama recruits or the guys that Clemson recruits. So, can they be the same guys? Can it, you know, is there any crossover? The Orgy brothers are definitely two that I remember for sure, uh, especially the older one, Alex, uh, really good player, I think was like the first like top 50 or top 100 player to ever go to Vanderbilt. Um, So had a really unique distinction. And as he's done a good job there. You know, I think he'll be fine. Uh, The Wright brothers out of uh, uh, Woodward Academy down there in Atlanta, Mike Wright and Alan Wright, uh, a couple good players, saw those guys in high school. Amir Abdurrahim – or Rahman was uh, a guy – I mean, he, he's a legit 6'4". He's a, he's a, more of a tight end almost out there playing that wide receiver position. So, impressive guy. And then you mentioned this guy Rocco Griffin. I know that he's coming in, you know, spelling the guy who was uh, leading the team. But uh, to me, Griffin is a good player. Go back and watch the film on him. He was a kid that maybe was a little bit underrated in high school, I would say. So, again, I agree with you. I'm not saying that, that these are world beaters. These are not. The, the talent differential here is massive. And you saw – a smaller talent differential last week against the Gamecocks and you saw the outcome of that game. So Vanderbilt, a long way to go. I hope Clark Lee gets the patience. Uh, You know, I think that they've got a good thing uh, going as far as the people that are in place there. It's just a tough, it's a tough thing to build. I mean, Vanderbilt's a tough job. You gotta, you gotta recruit the right kids and you can't really miss on your evaluations when it comes to those guys. Um, I guess moving into this game, Palmer, a couple things to touch on. Spread looking yeah, between 34 and a half and uh, 35 and a half. Let's just call it 35 because that's uh, on several books as well. Uh, you think Georgia's able to get over that hump? That's, that's a pretty large spread for an SEC game. Yeah.
3: Um, like you said, that's a large spread. I- I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take Georgia. Um, I I would not surprise me to see them win this game um, by, by, you know, 42 points right there. That's that's six touchdowns. Um, It's 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 a tough, tough task. uh, But, you know, like that's that's why the point spread is out there to uh, to kind of even the playing field. I don't know that I would take. I don't know. That's that's a really tough one because the more that I think about it, if if I if 35 points is a lot and if you're asking me to go to in this game into this game, if let's say you're Georgia and you you go into this game down 35 to nothing, I don't know that you're coming back to win this game. But Obviously they don't, they, it's, it starts with a clean slate. It's zero, zero. And, and, and I, I think that there's a good chance that Georgia could win this one by more than that. I'll take them. I'll, I'll take Georgia to win against the spread, uh, but I don't love it.
2: I think that, I think that they cover it pretty well, to be honest with you. I, I think that it's one of those situations where, I mean, look, look back on, look back on the UAB game. I didn't think they'd cover the spread in that game primarily because of the respect that I felt like Clark Lee or that I'm sorry that, that, Kirby had for Bill Clark, a lot of Clarks going on this year. Um, The the respect that he had for him. This is a different field Georgia team in that regard. They're kind of keeping their foot on the throat of these people and really making it so there's no chance that they're coming back. I mean, they didn't take it easy on Shane Beamer. They didn't take it easy on Bill Clark. They sure as hell didn't take it easy on Dabo Swinney when they had the chance. I mean, they wanted to put that one away too. So this is a situation where they've got a little bit different mentality I think and for me I think that that's a doable spread primarily because I just don't see where points are coming from for Vanderbilt I don't see where they're how they're going to score I don't think that they're they've I don't think they've just got enough to do that I mean they were able to get to Luke Doty and affect him last week they were able to get to D.J. Uh, from from Clemson, I'm not even gonna attempt the last name but got him seven times in the first game. That's a whole different level of talent on an offensive line than what you're talking about when you come into Vanderbilt so I, I just don't see it i I think that I think Georgia covers that spread I, I, to me it feels like a, a pretty easy one uh, to be honest with you. now it's been a little bit well, different.
3: And, 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 and one thing I'll add, I think you gotta you gotta wonder. Does, does Georgia hold any, you know, little bit of bad blood out, you know, out for revenge for not getting to play these guys last year? Uh, you know, that was supposed to be the senior day game for, you know, that uh, a very decorated Georgia senior class there, um, you know, a group that had, had gone to the national championship and such. They didn't get there. They didn't get to recognize them at, at, at home in Athens. And, and so, you know, is, is, is Kirby going to, you know, he'll never admit it and, and out in the public, uh, but but is he going to hold that against Vanderbilt and and maybe try and you know run up the score a little bit uh, you know I mean I, I think back to that Vanderbilt Alabama game a couple years ago there was no bad blood there uh, and, and and Alabama ran away with it big time uh, you know I, I think Georgia has the potential to do that and and, and like I said um, if if these guys hold out a little bit of bad blood uh, ill will towards towards the Commodores. Even even with the turnover, you know, on the roster, on the coaching staff and such, it's it's still the same Vanderbilt team. It's still the same name. And, and, and you're going to you know, that's going to creep into the back of some of these guys minds on Saturday.
2: I agree. I agree. Now, I was going to ask you about top performers, but I'm actually going to switch that question up just a little bit because you touched on something earlier on in the podcast that I think really might be a little bit more interesting. Do you think a back breaks a hundred yards in this game? And if so, who do you think that back is?
3: That's a tough question. Man, Jake, you're always hitting me with these. Um, I will say no. I will say no because I think this is gonna be a game like like some of the previous ones where you've seen that rotation get four and five deep. I think once you get into the meat of the schedule, you're not gonna see, you know you're not going to see Dejan Edwards getting carries regularly. Uh, and, and, and in these couple, last couple of games, you've seen him get those carries regularly. So I don't think so. I still think that you're going to see, uh you know, all five of those running backs get five plus carries. Uh And I, and honestly, I'm not sure that you're going to see any of them get over 10 and, and that's, that's really tough to ask if, if, You know, let's say that you're not getting over ten, you got to average ten yards, at least ten yards a pop, and and so um, I'll I'll say no, but I think if anyone was to do it, um, I'll take James Cook with his ability to break off a long one. Uh, You you know, we we saw some of that burst in with a you know his his touchdown run on the first drive of the game Uh, last week. I I think it was a twenty four yarder or something. he's got that ability to break a long one. And, and so, um, you know, like, like like that situation, he could have gone for, for a lot more than 24. Uh, that's all the, you know, grass that he had ahead of him to ca- to cover. Um, but, you know, let's say Georgia gives it to him on, on their own 20. He's got 80 yards to run. All he needs there is, is another 20. So if, if there's someone to do it, I'll take James cook, but I don't think that any of these backs get to that number. Okay. All right. That's fair. That's fair
2: i I just have a sneaky feeling that they do uh they've they've made a little step forward each week I think that you know uh Kendall milton what was he like seventy yards or sixty something sixty seven last week like you said zamir white seventy they they've kind of been flirting with the number. I think that you'd probably be able to get some chunk plays and that's why I think that you'd probably get it this week um so my guess is yes. And I think Kendall Milton will be the one to do it. I, I'm, I'm riding the Kendall Milton horse this year. All right. I, Kendall. Does is, he get into the end zone for his first career touchdown? I, I think that this lines up well for him. I don't see why you wouldn't give him that opportunity to, uh, you know, I mean, yeah, Zemir is going to be there too, but to me, those are your two battering Rams at the, at the goal line. I, I think that one of the two gets an opportunity. I think, I think that Kendall can do it this week. Um, all right. Last one here for you. Uh, Georgia. Defense, what everybody's been talking about rightfully. So three sacks kind of been that number here. Did they hit the three sack mark again this week? Or uh, uh he's not even waiting yes. on this one. <laughs> yes. yes. This was a softball, huh? Yes.
3: With 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 this, with this Georgia, excuse me, with this Vanderbilt offensive line in in a little bit of a rotation, um, kind of in shambles. I, I think Georgia does hit that. Um, you know, they they how many did they have against South Carolina? Um, did they hit that three there? Well, they had at
2: least two. Um, I think they. I think they made it.
3: I think that they got it. Uh, they had three against UAB. Obviously, seven against Clemson. I think this. This you're going to have to start upping that number because I honestly I think that this this Georgia team could get three sacks on anybody.
2: I I really do. That's fair. I mean, I, I don't disagree with that. I, I'm just I'm trying to play the average right now. And we'll see. Look, you know, three next week may be a little bit higher ask. Uh, you know, I'm not, especially with a Sam Pittman coached offensive line. I know there's another guy, but for God's sakes, the guy's been a career offensive line coach. So uh, I like his chances there. All right, Palmer, let's wrap this one up. You are the Nashville native. You're the expert in the area. Tell the people where they need to be going, man. Where, where, where does Palmer Toms go when he goes home? What, what, what calls to you when you uh, get a chance to get back to home? Besides cheap Mexican food,
3: uh, which, which I do love me some neighborhood cheap Mexican food, I'll, I'll take Martin's Barbecue. Uh, great, great spot there. Um, they, they've got a couple of different locations in Nashville. Really, really, really good barbecue. If you're looking for something more downtown in, in that Broadway uh, area, Tin Roof is another great spot. And, and if you're looking for something really close to Vanderbilt, I'll, I'll hit you with the cheap Mexican Sa- San Antonio taco company. That's, that's a staple. Uh, so if, if you're headed to Nashville, great spots all over. Really can't go wrong. But uh, those those are three of my favorites.
2: I gotta ask you this because uh, everybody's gonna want to know. I did the first time I went to Nashville. Where do you where does where do you go for hot chicken? Uh, do, do you have a spot?
3: Uh, I mean, I'm i a big McDougals fan. It's it's not necessarily a hot chicken place. It's it's not known for their uh, hot chicken. And and I will say we've got our producer Jake Evans in the chat. He's also a Nashville native. Given his suggestions, Prince's there his uh, that's his hot chicken place. But um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a big McDougal's guy. They've got a little bit of it all. Uh, but Prince's is, is is another great option. And then Hattie B's. Um, but, you know, honestly, I mean, every one of these places has adopted hot chicken as, as a Nashville thing. And so, you know, you really can't go wrong anywhere.
2: I'm a big fan of uh, Pepper Fire and 400 degrees as well. I think that they do a good job. And listen, if you've never had hot chicken, go do it one time and get it as hot as you can because you cannot believe how damn hot it can be. Uh, All right, Palmer, we'll be looking forward to all the coverage. I know you got us covered on Saturday, and uh, we appreciate that. Get over to Dogs HQ. Check it out. We got a lot of recruiting scoop. We've got a lot of team news. Um, we're keeping you up to date on all things dogs over there. So uh, make sure you come by, give us a give us a click. And hey, if you're listening to the podcast, rate us five stars, please. If you would, that would be very, very appreciated. For Palmer Tom's, I'm Jake Roos as well, and we'll sign it off with that one.
0: Madness is here.